Muggles with with Attitude Attitude is brought to you by by the Armadillo Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know? Armadillos are the only animal to have walked on the moon. NASA sent them to the moon to gather reference photos when they wanted to fake the moon landing. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts to unlock bonus content and find out how you can access our episodes a day early, check us out at patreon.com slash armadillopodcastingclub. Hello there. Welcome to Muggles with Attitude. We are rereading J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter series. I am Alice Sullivan. I'm Jeff Lake. And I'm Micah Sparkman. Today, we're going to be starting the fourth book in the Harry Potter series, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 1 through 8. Previously, Harry Potter returns to Hogwarts, where he continues his inexplicable but nevertheless quite ruthless vendetta against defense against the dark arts professors. That's kind of hard to say. Mm. The target this year? A hapless young werewolf just looking for a friend. Harry also learns that he has a godfather who's escaped from wizard prison. Why was he put in there? Mass murder. That's right. Now, a lot of things about Harry Potter are suddenly starting to make sense. (laughs) Anyway, our werewolf friend narrowly manages to escape his fate by resigning his position, which is like a brilliant play. No one ever thought of that one. But in the end, Harry... Whoa, 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 I quit. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Puts the knife away. All right. Uh, but in the end, Harry uses time travel to help his fugitive uncle escape on the back of a fearsome murder bird with a history of violence, because not even the Ministry's laws apply to Harry Potter. There is no law higher than Harry Potter's law. <laughs> Presumably, the next book will just be Harry Potter traveling back in time to kill every dark arts professor in Hogwarts history. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till we get to Harry Potter and the might makes right. <laughs> mm. <laughs> next time. Uh, all right. Well, this is exciting. I guess we should start by looking at the cover. Um, not... The best way there is to judge a book. Exactly. By Thanks, its Jeff. cover. Yes. That's a new joke. I haven't heard that one before. I like that joke. We yeah, say it every it's time. a good one. Yeah. We have the old school one. We don't have the new fancy 20th edition one because I just went to Half Price Books and got the cheapest the whole, copies I could. You don't have the whole set of those fancy covers? No, because it started really upsetting me because I was writing in them and I didn't feel okay about that. So that's... I got the like Half Price Books one that I feel okay with writing in. That's mm-hmm. fair. Uh, yeah, on the cover we have uh, Harry Potter with that that maddened look in his eye. You know, wand raised, ready to kill again. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have to wonder how many Defense Against the Dark Arts professors saw this exact sight before they were shoved off this mortal coil. I mean, this, this is also maybe the look of like a, a chocolate frog right before he eats some candy. Right? He's just happy. <laughs> I mean, gleefully like murderous. Yeah, I would say so. Uh, we also see Harry Potter depicted with his favorite egg. Like, every time he enters a scene, they're always talking about how he's carrying this egg around, and we're like, right, all right, yeah. we get it already. Harry always Harry Potter, has. pale, thin, thick glasses, big glowing egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Aww. so there's, it's Harry Potter on the cover and some other schmucks. Yeah. Yeah, we've got the sneaky McDogbro off on the right. Um, that guy's totally a werewolf. Look yeah, at those eyebrows. Absolutely. <laughs> on the left is uh, Aaron McSpiderman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Spiderman. Yeah, yeah, he's a little spider. You can see, he's just like, just off frame. In the top right, I think we have a ghost of Christmas future there. I, I have a price tag there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. No, it's next to your it's next to your thumb. Oh right, yeah, like a mysterious. That's got to be a Dementor, right? Oh yeah, yeah, probably. Wait, Although, you I know, thought, I thought you know the Dementors. 
Have you, have you know this about Harry Potter? The, they have uh, these spirits that build things. They're called cementors. <laughs> Dementors and cementors. Because the cement, they use cement. Yeah. Cementors. I, I, I get the it. Dementors are like the opposite of them. That's terrible. But didn't, didn't Harry kill every there's, Dementor there's in the world? There's ones that sell cookies called Thin Mentors. <laughs> Damn it, Jess. You guys didn't know about that? Those would be the best Dementors ever. Thin Mentors. Right. Wow. Here's landlord ones. Little tenement tours. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> any, other, any, any other mentors out there we know about, Jeff? No, I think maybe that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah. Yep. So there's a lot going on in this cover. Lots of characters that we may or may not... Uh, may or may not be killed by Harry Potter by the end of the book, so... And that, that girl is into Harry Potter. She's like... Giving him the eye. She looks the like it. And is he, it, it looks like he's shirtless and he has one of those like shell necklaces on, you know? It totally does. <laughs> is it a puka shell necklace or whatever? Yeah. You no, know, I'm just getting really into tribal stuff lately. Why don't we even wear shirts, really? <laughs> he's that guy who shows up at the party and is never wearing a shirt. There's always that one guy. <laughs> yep, there sure is. Until they go to jail forever. <laughs> That's, that was just that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> just that one time. <laughs> no worries. I want to ask, what is what's is the magnificent what? Because I don't know. I've got the magnificent four ninety nine national bestseller. <laughs> okay. Not, you know you can peel that sticker off very easily. I just wanted to know. Like, oh, okay. National bestseller. What the history of this book is. You know, mm-hmm. I, that's part of it, right? It's it's, it's a artifact. It's got a story. Uh-huh. You, would you say it's really magnificent? No. Hmm. Okay. What does magnificent even mean? <laughs> well, it means that this was published by a group of uh, of spirits known as the Magnificentors. <laughs> the Centaurs? <laughs> <laughs> but no, what? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. <laughs> okay. Well, let's just dive right on in then. Chapter one, <clears throat> The Riddle House. Now, this is interesting because the book starts with a a chapter that Harry Potter is not actually in. Until mm-hmm. the very, very end. And mm-hmm. I was trying to think, and I think that's the first time that's happened, except for in the very, very first book when McGonagall and Albus Dumbledore are talking out on Privet Drive. But even then, Harry shows up at the end. Yeah, he's in that chapter. In, in fact, this is maybe the first chapter that doesn't start in Privet Drive. Yeah, it's a really interesting break because I, <laughs> I was an English major, but I had to go look it up. And this book is written in third person limited versus third person omniscient. Because in third person limited, it tends to follow. It follows around one character, which in this case is Harry. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, that's not happening here. So I thought that was kind of interesting. This, and this is the only place where that happens so far. Yeah, so far. Interesting. Yeah, except for when he's a baby, because you know. But then he doesn't show up till the end when Sir- not serious when um Hagrid when Hagrid brings him. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wonder why she shifted that a bit. I don't know, but it's an interesting start. I uh, definitely, for, for me, it kind of marks that we're into new territory here. It's not just him waking up on Privet Drive and his, the Dursleys are being assholes. Mm-hmm. Although that does happen. <laughs> yes. That, that's exactly where we go next. Yeah. My, my first reaction to this book is that it is enormous. It is long, isn't it? This is, all three of the previous books would fit in this book, I, I know, isn't it great? Yeah, this is, <laughs> yeah, I think this is, uh, tr- yeah, it's close to triple the length, right? Probably. Yeah, it's the 700 and yeah, so, some odd pages. Yeah, maybe J.K. Rowling just had more room to stretch out and get a little literary. Probably. I mean, she'd probably make crazy money by this point. And right, the books were wants. pretty popular pretty quickly. I think so. Yeah. 
I don't, I, I don't remember a party for this, but I remember for the last three books in the series, I went to the midnight release parties because that was still a thing because ebooks weren't really a thing yet. And I remember going to these pre-release parties and being so excited when they brought out the books because they were huge. And I was so excited because there was so much new Harry Potter. Mm, yeah. It's great. I know. That's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. I love this chapter. This... Did you really? What did you like about it? It's... It's like gothic horror, you know? Mm -hmm. It's a, a really different tone than I expected because mm -hmm. the tone is usually this sort of, oh, Harry Potter in this really weirdly abusive world, like this insane abusive hell world that he lives in, mm -hmm. you know? But this is like the Riddle House. That's, that's kind of a cool just phrase by itself. Yeah. So this chapter actually follows a guy named Frank Bryce who was a gardener for the Riddle family. Yeah, and the and the Riddle House has been empty, more or less, for 50 years or something, after all the Riddles were found dead of unexplained circumstances. Unexplained circumstances. And Frank was arrested, but he was never convicted because they couldn't figure out what killed these people. Yeah. They couldn't have died of fright. Could they have? <laughs> no. It's, it's cool. I, I really enjoyed that stuff. Coming back to the perspective thing, this is also told from the perspective of a muggle, which I think has not happened anywhere in the series up until oh, now, right? Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. Yeah, this Frank Bryce character, when he when he stumbles upon this, it's all the more horrible for him because he has no no frame of reference for these things that are happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we jump ahead to years and years later. Frank is still the gardener, but the house is abandoned. So it's late at night and there's lights in the house and Frank, Frank is, goes in. Yeah. Oh, he's a dedicated man. Like, can you believe he's still the gardener after all this time? He must be... Getting paid, right? Somebody must be paying. Him. Yeah, he is getting not paid. A, not a lot, though. I mean, right? I mean, how much does a gardener make? Uh, for a big place? I don't know. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Whoever owns the house now is still paying him. Probably it's an oversight or something. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. I also like the, the, the place where this is located. Like, the, even the town is kind of, like, weird and creepy, right? It's, it's uh, Little Hangleton. And the pub is called The Hanged Man. Like, this is like a really weird... That's really funny. Yeah, I know. I, I kind of love it. Yeah, it's great. And I, if I was Frank Bryce, I would be having sweet raves at that place. Right. And charging admission, you know, making lots of money. Hey, yeah. The kids are already going there. Just like charge them, charge them per head as, as they're coming in. Mm -hmm. That's right. The real problem with Frank is he doesn't have that, that entrepreneurial spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what kept him down. Not being accused of murder. <laughs> and the whole like, you know, coming back from the war and... Being horrible. I guess oh, was yeah. Yeah, there was that. <laughs> he had a bad time of it in the war. Yeah. <laughs> Aw. Um, but yeah, so he goes into the house to investigate. I found this super creepy because he hadn't been in there in, I think, decades. Mm -hmm. uh, but he still remembered where everything was. It was very eerie to me. I gotta say, if there's like a big creepy house where a bunch of people died and you see some like flickering lights upstairs, that'd be like a big nope for me, right? Like that. Like, I think any reasonable person probably wouldn't be like, I'm going to go check this out. Well, it's, it's your job. And you've been drawing hey, a salary for like 50 years. <laughs> is it his job to go check out the murderous, murderous house? He keeps the garden. The I garden mean, seems fine. He'd, he'd had a rough time of it in the war, so maybe this was just not He's like, that scary. Is, is Jerry landing behind our line? We will defend our aisle. <laughs> that's, probably, that's probably what it is. Yeah, uh, British are hardcore. So this this whole setup, like something's happening in that house and we don't know what it is, that's is Lovecraftian is what I thought. Is it? Why so? That's why I thought gothic horror. Yeah, a lot of setups like that, you know? there's Everybody says there's something wrong with that house and we never go there. But there's somebody who, for some reason, decides to go into that house and what he saw will blow your mind, you know? Mm -hmm. Doctors hate it, right? Yeah, I was saying it sounds like a BuzzFeed episode. <laughs> No, but he goes in there and he finds some eldritch horror. Mm -hmm. In this case, that's exactly what he finds. Just exactly, yeah. yeah. Exactly where it goes. Yeah, he hears some conversation between a dude named Wormtail and somebody he's calling my lord, who's Lord Voldemort. 
And Voldemort is laying down some high maintenance shit. It's actually kind of, it's like, uh, you know. Yeah, holy shit. He has to milk a snake. Yeah. And he's like, <laughs> you just want to leave me, don't you? And I was like, come on, Voldemort. Chill it out a little bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. I got, I'm struck by the thought that no one should ever work for Lord E.B. I mean, it's sort of like in our other podcast when we always went. Oh, Why would anyone ever be a dark friend? Right? Why would anybody ever be a dark friend? We need to make that into a song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess with Voldemort, like, what you get to live forever? Maybe is that part of the deal? I don't no. think so. Not really. No. Maybe I think you just get to live. Period. The idea is Lord Voldemort, Voldemort's going to oh, kill everyone sure. else. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. That follows. But um, Frank hears some sort of plan. He doesn't understand it, but it's something involving Harry Potter. It's going to happen after something called the Quidditch World Cup. We find out that Wormtail kidnapped a woman named Bertha Jorkins and And Voldemort killed her. Yeah, this is all like a lot of like super dark stuff, which is is interesting because up until now, I mean, there's been some like violence and stuff, but the books have been relatively lighthearted. Yeah. Um, I think, Jeff, you'll notice that from here on out, the books get darker like it's a it's a it's a noticeable tonal change i think yeah you start to see that definitely there's a shift with prisoner of azkaban but in this book that's when it definitely i think shifts more into the the level of darkness that we're going to see throughout the rest of the series mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so this 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 kind of precursor chapter being as dark as it is kind of like sets the tone i would say for the book yeah people are just flat out dying which yep. i don't think has happened in the previous books except for his parents and and the people that harry potter murdered yeah and the various defense <laughs> against the dark professors <laughs> yeah um yeah so there's a lot it's this is this is this is kind of tantalizing here because we the readers know some of it but then there's a lot of the plan that we don't know yet, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's we we can we can intuit certain pieces of it. You know, we know that Voldemort wants to get Harry Potter because he's like you know the guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. There's there seems to be there seems to be a lot of complexity here that you know is only to that. Where did we land on Voldemort in the last book? What's the last we heard about him? I was actually having trouble remembering that. I'm I'm glad you asked because so we know that um, Wormtail. What, I, Voldemort wasn't really much in the chapter, was he? He wasn't really in because oh, the, the bad book, guys in the the bad guys in the second book were the ones who wanted to kill Buckbeak, basically, right? Yeah, they were, they were the Dementors, and they were Wormtail. Yeah, who was like a spy mm-hmm. slash rat slash child's plaything. Yeah, but Voldemort wasn't really there. All we knew is the last book, Wormtail yeah. managed to escape. So he's just been sort of regenerating since then. Yeah, yeah. but apparently he's got a body now, not just out, stuck out of the back of a Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher's head. Yeah, I think the last... I mean, I, I could be wrong about this, but I think the last time we actually saw Voldemort was in the first book, right? When he escapes from Quirrell, the back of Quirrell's head. Yeah, because in the second... In not the, counting Tom Riddle. Yeah, in the Chamber of Secrets, there's kind of like a holographic something or other still not real clear well yeah it's, it was like, like a, a the spirit of him. Yeah, yeah yeah spirit of his earlier self but is not actually uh the same voldemort you know yeah but mm-hmm. he's got a physical body now apparently so it would seem right yeah, yeah. so the uh, yeah in the end of this frank bryce finally gets a look at what's in the chair which we know is voldemort and it's really scary ah. and he dies. something yeah. horrifying and then yeah so i think i know what it is What's that? It's a baby. I was thinking the same thing. It's a little baby sitting in a chair. <laughs> Why would it be a, a baby, little baby? A baby Voldemort. It's got a high-pitched voice. Okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's something that he immediately saw and he was really scared of. And Babies are scary. So obviously and a baby. Wormtail was creeped out by and didn't want to get close to, so Babies. baby. Yeah. 
and, and he keeps talking about how he needs to milk the snake. Which, right? I thought it was milk. You know, I, I mean, he like, just drinks milk. His snakes baby. don't have milk, but maybe the snake has milk, and he's yeah, he needs milk because he's a baby. Yeah, well, that's maybe, right. There's a big old snake. Maybe he's a baby snake. I don't know. Like he needs snake milk. Baby snake. I don't think snakes actually make milk. I think I know for a fact that they're not mammals. That's one of the defining characteristics. Some some snakes lactate. That is. They're lactose snakes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you guys are terrible. You're both terrible. Yeah. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, though it's probably well, you call it milking when you take their venom. Yeah, but I mean, so. like, would he drink the venom? Would that be a thing? Yeah, I mean, maybe he's like an evil baby. So the evil baby, you know, like, <laughs> evil baby wants snake venom. <laughs> I, I, okay, that's my my vote. It's a little baby sitting in the chair, and then little baby like cast little baby magic with his little baby hand. <laughs> And little baby killed that guy. I honestly don't remember. So Jeff, I'm I'm like on your side. That's that that all tracks. I'm pretty sure it's, it's the baby form of Voldemort. He's just still evil and a yeah, dark right? wizard. He guess he's got to regenerate, right? So he starts over as a baby. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. 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 But ultimately, like our friend Frank here had about ninety different opportunities to get out, and you know he didn't. So I think he's kind of. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm trying to blame the victim here, but he kind of had this. Yeah, when that snake came up on him and. And, like, he, and he just, just passed out. him by. It was definitely time to go. Yeah. When the snake shows up, the party's over. That's what my mom always says. <laughs> they, they always say. But, uh, so, poor Frank. We we hardly knew ye. But 200 miles away, a boy called Harry Potter woke with a start. Which is a pretty baller ending to the first mm-hmm. chapter, I thought. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's interesting. Literally one sentence involving Harry Potter. Well, that's not true. I guess Voldemort was talking about Harry a whole lot. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And, and his and Wormtail was all like, why don't we just ignore Harry Potter and just do our evil thing? And Voldemort's like, you idiot. It'll never work. He's like, give me two days. I'll bring you another wizard. Any wizard, you know? Two days. And Voldemort's yeah. like, no! I'm the boss here. Mm-hmm. Baby boss. I'm the, I'm the boss baby. Boss baby. <laughs> boss baby Voldemort. Mm-hmm. Chapter two, The Scar. Harry Potter dreamed about all of this, but he can't really remember it now that he's awake. Yeah, you know, he's just, he, I guess he's kind of used to having, like, evil wizard murder dreams at this point, right? Is he? Yeah, but he's back at Privet Drive, and, you know, that's just about as terrible as it always was. I love that there's a, a little section here where, Harry, like, Harry reminds us how dangerous wizard school is. He's like, um, let's see, it wasn't that the pain bothered him. Harry was no stranger to pain and injury. He'd lost all his bones from his right arm once, <laughs> and then painfully regrown them overnight. The same arm had been pierced by a venomous foot-long fang not long afterwards. Only last year, Harry had fallen 50 feet from an airborne broomstick. <laughs> it's like, oh yeah, wizard school is yeah. uh, rough. I mean, that, that goes a long way to explaining why wizards are so blasé about, you know, death and danger mm-hmm. and, and explosions and stuff. Like, but, this is the kids, This, this right? is their life. Yeah. yeah. But as long as he doesn't go visit the village without a guardian's permission <laughs> yes, know, to buy right? candy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. That's, that's where it's real scary. <laughs> yeah. But we get it. It feels almost like a... Uh, like a video game or something because it's like he's looking around his room and looking at all the different things and thinking <laughs> about them. Yeah, it's like a recap chapter. It is. Yeah, but he's, yeah, just, it, it's interesting because you would assume that anyone who's picking up this book has probably read the other three, but it's written a bit as if the people coming in might not have read it, which yeah. I guess is like a, an author's... I think that's true. I mean, that's, at the time, I guess, serialized books weren't that common. You, it, was, it was more common to just pick a book off the shelf because it, you know, there wasn't Amazon.com, or maybe there was at this point, but it was really young. Mm-hmm. So the only books you could get are the ones that are actually in your bookstore at that time, mm-hmm. which is often going to be the most recent ones. So yeah. the books were kind of written to, 
you know, to jump people up into yeah. what's going on. I think that's a, a pretty common author's uh, trick too, right? Like, you know, for marketability, right? You want you want your book to be able to be read by anyone. Yeah, but these days, authors are like, like the next book starts with the character finishing the sentence they started at the end of the last book. <laughs> I'm having trouble remembering here. Didn't we leave off with the Dursley's aunt getting magically assaulted? Like, is there is there any oh, yeah. information? That, She's that, gone. Yeah. She floated away in like, the sky. Man, they said she got punctured, but there was nothing after that. Okay, so yeah. so punctured and memory modified. So she probably survived. Is is <laughs> did they do that to whole the whole family? Is that why Harry's back here? Because I would have assumed that after that chapter, Harry would not be welcome back in this house. Yeah, we don't know why the Dursleys keep keeping him back, keep taking him back. I think it might be that well, they're getting their minds wiped. As you've said, this is a kid with shotgun hands. <laughs> and so the kid with shotgun hands just showed up again. What are you going to do? <laughs> you let him in. He's like, yeah, I need a place your, to sleep. There's your room. <laughs> he's a kid with shotgun hands who has a, a like a, a mass murdering uncle or whatever. Right? right, yeah. You found out that he's not allowed. Like it's against the law for him to use his shotgun hands on you, which is good. But he has a mass murderer uncle. <laughs> <laughs> which is bad. <laughs> who has escaped from prison and is on the loose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he's trying to figure out who he can talk to about his scar hurting because apparently, did we know that the that that there was some sort of connection that it actually meant something when his scar hurt? Yeah, it happened when like Voldemort tried to get him. Yeah, it before. happened. The only time I remember that happening was um, when it turned out that the back of um, Quirrell's head had Voldemort in it, and that was what hurt him. Yeah, I, I think that I think that we've we've learned that connection that Voldemort and Scar. Are connected. I think we've even had at least one scene where Harry sees something that Voldemort is doing or, or something, though, mm-hmm. though it hasn't happened very often yet. Mm-hmm. But he thinks about all of the people he knows and all of his friends and tries to figure out who he can talk to about this. I do love that Hermione's like, or, or Harry's head Hermione, I don't know, the, the Hermione in his head is like totally Hermione, you know? And she's actually kind of right. I mean, he probably <laughs> should tell Dumbledore. And I mean, you know, I'm not laying any bets that's actually going to happen, yeah. but yeah. it seems like the right answer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he settles on Sirius, and he sends a letter to Sirius. Right. Problems with dark magic, murder wizard godfather. Makes perfect sense, right? Well, he's not actually a murder wizard. I mean, he's he didn't commit that murder, right? But right. he was really ready to commit another murder. I mean, he probably ganked a few people in the pen. <laughs> I mean, Azkaban's a rough place, you know? <laughs> uh, so... Tropical letters or letters from tropical destinations are delivered by tropical birds? Well, duh. Obviously. I thought it was all owls. I thought that was the point of having all these owls. Owls don't live in those regions, Jeff. That doesn't make any sense. If a wizard was from Austin, for instance, would their letters be delivered by bats? No, we have owls here. Come on. Yeah, we have owls, Jeff. So it's all owls except in the tropics where it's... Wherever there's not birds. owls, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Look, you have to you have to make do with what you've got, Jeff. Okay, yeah. Not everyone gets owls. I'll take magic a delivery owls. parrot. <laughs> parrots could be magical. They can talk. Uh, it didn't say parrots. It said tropical bird. Sure. Yeah, so it's probably like a toucan or something. And also, like talking animals are just like no big deal in Harry Potter universe, right? Aren't, aren't they? I mean, what other talking animals have we encountered? They're neat that talk, but they they're uh, cognizant. Yeah, uh, sentient, yeah, they're smart right? ones. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Buckbeak seems to be pretty smart. Right, it's the centaurs they talk. Aragog talked. Aragog. Centaurs yeah. are people, Jeff. I mean, they're half people, half like ish. Uh-huh. Right? <laughs> okay, does, do centaurs have two pelvises? Yes, <laughs> they have to, right? <laughs> does their spine go like all one? Is it one piece spine, one line of vertebrae, or are there two spines connecting the two pelvises? No, it's like one spine, but it's kind of like L shaped. 
So does the spine go right through the pelvis? Yeah. Yeah, where's the other pelvis? Oh, okay. So so it's like spine and then pelvis, pelvis. Where yes. are their intestines? <laughs> they have two sets. Okay. This is well established. We know where they're Centaurs have two sets of digestive systems. They have the human side and the horse side. So the human side feeds like human poop into the horse stomach side? Exactly. Like, like what is it? Yeah. That, that movie, the human centipede. It's the exact same thing. <laughs> so where are their wieners? <laughs> human centaur feed. Okay. They have two. One of the base of theirs. One's one where the human part meets the... <laughs> they have two, but they're both where the horse one goes. <laughs> <laughs> Likewise, you know, lady centaurs have two. Okay, you sorry. Know. Anyway. <laughs> centaurs just raised too many questions. We have to move on. So can, many questions. Can centaurs climb ladders? <laughs> That's what I wanted. Yes, of course. Everybody knows that centaurs can climb ladders. <laughs> Sorry, for those of you listening, this is a, a long time heated topic about whether centaurs can climb ladders. Of course, they can climb ladders. They have hands. I think we've been arguing about this for like twenty years now. <laughs> <laughs> Send in your thoughts to hello at mwapodcast.com. Can centaurs climb ladders? Yeah, we don't want to hear anything more. else. We don't want any other fucking information except <laughs> your opinion on whether or not centaurs can climb ladders. Also, how many nipples do female centaurs? have they have two sets right they have the the top (laughs) ones and the bottom ones (laughs) do they give the same kind of milk no one gives jeff that's a stupid question (laughs) the top part makes human milk the bottom part makes horse milk (laughs) and they have babies drink both they have a mane at the the base of their back they have to right where else is the hair gonna go well they have hair on their head they have the mane goes all the way down their spine so they have a hairy small of their back like like long they have a hairy spine the entire spine is hairy (laughs) Not the entire spine, because their spine goes all the way... Like, their spine is like eight feet long. Uh, the entire spine. I said the entire spine. <laughs> <laughs> as, as we mentioned, the giant L-shaped spine. The hair is actually growing out of the spine. <laughs> you know how that means work? <laughs> they grow out of spines. Yeah. So... Anyway. anyway he yeah. sends a letter. Yeah. yeah, he sends a really nice letter to Sirius. My cousin's shitty. I threaten my family. My terrible cursed star is acting up again. You know. Yeah. The, the current mm-hmm. events. Et cetera, et cetera, at the end. All right, chapter three, The Invitation. So we get to see the Dursleys again, and it looks like things are just going the same way they always have. Yep, back to the old abuse carousel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as a tradition, they he, she spends a lot of time talking about how, like, kind of ugly and, you know, ter- terrible the Dursleys are, I guess. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. But um, Harry gets a letter, or rather... Uh, his his uncle and aunt and uncle get a letter about him from Molly Weasley. I love this letter because it's like coded in stamps. Uh-huh. She, she doesn't understand how they work, but she knows that stamps are necessary. So she's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to cover this fucking letter with stamps <laughs> and make sure it really gets there. Mm-hmm. And it does. She's invited Harry to come see the Quidditch World Cup. They got tickets to it. Did you Did you catch how they got the tickets? My husband, mm-hmm. Arthur, has just managed to get prime tickets through his connections at the Department of Magical Games yeah. and Sports. Yeah. We're going to talk about these tickets. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I, like, not remembering any of this, I wrote, I wonder how, his, I wonder whose nephew he let off with a slap on the wrist to get those tickets. Right? <laughs> right. Because like, we know this is how this works. Like, how many containers did he let through customs with a, a rubber stamp <laughs> to get these tickets? Look, you know, you just trade favors with someone else who has power. That's how it works with power. Yeah. You know, no. they may not make much money in the ministry, but they have power these serious perks oh, no mr weasley would never do anything wrong okay Aww. okay we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah but but i do have to say we get to meet ron's new pet who who i believe yeah. we is introduced at the very end of the last book but we yeah. haven't met before and this thing is 
Definitely an upgrade from a rat who's actually just a 40-year-old man disguised as a rat. <laughs> really? I think so. I mean, the 40-year-old man disguised as a rat would be more useful in a lot of situations. If you know it's a 40-year-old man, right? Yeah, but he doesn't. He, like, ne- he never like, lets on he's a 40-year-old like, man. Like he just pretends to be a rat the whole time. <laughs> that'd be, that'd be go get me some R-rated movie tickets. <laughs> <laughs> but no, he never actually acts like a 40-year-old man. Imagine there's this guy, this guy, this guy is just like standing in the corner, dressed as a rat. If you try and talk to him, he just like, squeak. <laughs> That's all it says. <laughs> That's essentially what we have here. You're, okay, you're right. That's not that useful. <laughs> <laughs> he sleeps a lot, you know, I guess. That's nice. I mean, I would. Yeah. Why else do you get that job? Just so you can sleep a lot, right? Yeah. Yeah. I still, I still feel bad for Dudley. Why like, is that? Well, he's clearly being like mistreated also, mm-hmm. just in a different way from Harry Potter, you know? These people are not putting any boundaries on him at all. And he's, he's literally so fat that he's wider than he is tall right now, mm-hmm. which makes him at this age, he's, you know, 13 or like Harry Potter's age. Mm-hmm. So he's got to be at least four feet wide. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like he's extremely unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And, and he's gotten a letter from school saying as much that he's actually like in poor health. I mean, they yeah, talk right? about the uniforms, but it's... Yeah, this is like... This kind is of, from the nurse, this right? It's kind of child abuse-like, right? Yeah. Yeah. They're not taking good care of him. And now they're basically starving him. He gets a quarter of a grapefruit for breakfast, which that is not a good way to go about a diet. No. And, mm. and not only is it like a very small portions, the food is, sounds kind of horrible. What was it? Cottage cheese and shredded celery or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't sound very good. Yeah. yeah. But Harry Potter is going the other direction with it. He's apparently living only on cake, which cannot be good for you, right? Like mm. after a summer eating only cake, wouldn't you be suffering from some sort of malnutrition? I mean, he's like 15, and 15-year-olds 15 can eat pretty much anything. You, I'm, not, I'm, I'm more concerned about nutrients, right? Like, he's not getting any vitamins. He's probably got scurvy <laughs> after two months eating no, only cake. No, because he got the grapefruit. No. I mean, he? assuming he ate a little bit of it. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully that's enough. Yeah, he's got a bunch of scurvy. birthday cakes hidden underneath his, his, <laughs> the boards in his room. Yeah, he was, nobody says, geez, Harry, you're really fat. So he must, be, he must be getting enough nutrients somewhere. Maybe they're magic wizard cakes. Oh, they yeah. They have all the nutrients of broccoli, quinoa, or whatever. Man, I want that mm, cake. Yeah, me too. Man, wizard technology is bullshit. You guys want to pause and go get some cake? <laughs> kind of, yeah. Yeah, I kind of want cake right now. <laughs> <laughs> Why, do you have cake? No, I do not have cake. God damn it, Alice. Chapter four, Back to the Burrow. With a very funny picture, which you wouldn't, you would be a little distressed if you didn't know what was coming there. <laughs> Just like some dude's legs coming out of broken fireplace. Yeah, I'm actually, uh, as I was approaching this chapter, I was really looking forward to the meeting of the Weasleys and the Dursleys because they're such, as Jeff pointed out, they're like kind of polar opposite families. The Weasleys Mm -hmm. are just so very nice and the Dursleys are just kind of horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but they, they arrive and it's, it's kind of funny. They get, they are doing the flu powder, but they get stuck in the fireplace because it's boarded up. Yeah. So they cause immense property damage to the Dursley's home. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's blowed out of the fireplace. It's yeah. a very comical scene. Like the, they, you know, they, they're, they're piling up in the, in the fireplace and you can hear them kind of like, mm-hmm. what's going on? You know, because yeah. why would they expect the fireplace to be boarded up? Mm-hmm. But they burst out. And, and- I, I thought there would be an excuse for them being late. But not just late. Yeah, they're <laughs> I mean, just late anyway. They're wizards. That's what they do. <laughs> and Mr. Weasley is trying to make discussion, like talking about the television and the video recorder. They run off electricity. <laughs> yeah, he collects right. plugs and batteries. Yeah, all he wants to do is talk about boring muggle stuff. Yeah. And all uh, Mr. Dursley wants to do is talk about boring muggle stuff. 
So it's it's like a tragedy, like an ironic tragedy that they can't get along. They would get along so well if they could just get past that first. I, I, I bet Mr. Weasley would love to hear about the Screw Factory or whatever the heck it is. Oh, he that's works. right, the, the drill, drill factory. factory. That's oh right. man, yeah. he would probably love that. Tell me all about these drills. <laughs> yeah. They're used for what? <laughs> yeah, it'd be amazing. I call bullshit though that he doesn't even know the word electricity. You I mean, know, come um, on. He knows the word. He's just never, like, when is it? When is it coming up in a conversation for him? You know. He collects plugs for, for you know, it's just... Uh, I also want to point out here that uh, Mr. Weasley mentions that muggle fireplaces aren't technically supposed to collect, be collect, connected to the flu network, but he has a connection in the flu regular. <laughs> uh-huh. 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 And then they uh, they look the other way so he can connect the, the fireplace. Interesting. Mm-hmm. How interesting. For one day. Yeah, sure. Like, imagine if this was, say, the municipal bus system. What kind of favors do you call in to get a bus... To go to the house you want to go to one time for one day. That's a good question. Yeah, private <laughs> bus. Yeah, huh? Just a whole bus, huh? Right. Taking off its route and just coming over this way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Useful connection to the, at the flu regulators. <laughs> anyway, so they have this. They they come in. They destroy their house. They terrorize the, their the only son because last time he ran into wizards, he ended up with a pigtail and had to have it surgically removed. I know. And then their son almost dies. Yeah. I know. He sets this enchanted trap for Dudley, which, by the way, well, the, at its core, it's illegal, right? Like One, one of the Weasleys does, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, the Weasley Fred. brothers, Fred and George. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Fred, sorry, yeah. Fred uh, leaves behind a toffee that, that has this, like, And we know that, that Dudley Dursley, because he's being starved, uh, <laughs> can't avoid picking up candy off the ground and eating it. Because mm-hmm. he's starving. <laughs> I just feel like what he's done... It's super illegal if you're not the son of a ministry official. I know, right? Yeah, like cursing muggles. That's it, they specifically said that's a thing that that the Death Eaters would do. <laughs> the, the dark, the dark ones, yeah. And that it's it's Weasley, Mister Weasley's job to prevent that from happening. Yeah, right? his job. He literally works at the Misuse for Muggles Artifacts office. And could you argue that Toffee is a Muggle artifact? Uh, well, Alice, as Mister Weasley mentions, there is a list of designated artifacts which are designated as Muggle artifacts. Toffees are on the list. Oh, okay. But still, yeah, using using magic on a muggle in this way is probably. But I, I actually thought this was really funny. It, yeah. Like make his tongue grow to four feet long, and like his parents start grab his tongue and try and rip it out of his mouth because they don't know it's his tongue. They're like, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, he, horrifying, but he could have choked to death. He almost does. It says cho- Dudley was choking on his tongue because he couldn't. He could not breathe. You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, good thing Mr. Weasley is there. Just I mean, to surely they make designed it. All go it away, right? They designed it to you know. Fix that, right? Like, they designed it to not actually choke people to this death, This is an right? experimental Surely? coffee. They say that they have not, not had a chance to test it yet. Oh. And we know how wizards feel about playing with life and death. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> just like, oh, did he choke to death, did he? I'll just send him over to the medic. <laughs> Get Pop another soul on in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then they kidnap the nephew that the Dursleys have sworn to, or promised to keep in their house and disappear. Yeah. 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 They didn't <laughs> even come through the door. They burst... Literally burst out of the fireplace. Yep. Property damage. Try to kill the sun. Boom. Yeah. Done. Gibbered a bunch of madness. Yeah. I mean, we don't know that the sun's not dead, right? Mr. Weasley just says he's going to take care of everything. He just took care of it. Yeah. If you if you read the tone right, it could be like, don't don't worry. I'm going to fix this. Just go. Harry, <laughs> just go. I'm going to take care of this. I'll sort this out. I'll sort this out. You don't want to see what, you don't want to see what I'm going to have to do here. Right. The last thing Harry sees is... Mr. Weasley blasting something out of uh, Uncle Vernon's hand. Uncle Vernon's hand. Well, because Uncle Vernon is throwing stuff at them by that point. You know what? We don't know. 
Well, because this is super fucked up, too, because last time he got the pig's tail, and you can, like, chop a pig's tail off, but you got to have a tongue, right? Mm. I mean, some people don't, but it doesn't necessarily improve your quality of life. I don't think it would. Especially if you're someone who's very food-driven. Probably was, oh, mm. can't taste things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay. Is it prehensile? The tongue? I mean, yeah. can he grab things with it? I don't think so. I think it just makes it really big, right? If it's prehensile, that'd be a, that'd be an advantage, right? Mm. That'd be pretty cool. Right, that's what I'm saying, right? If it was prehensile and hopefully retractable, I would be totally down for a tongue like that. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be retractable at this point. Yeah, you know. he just maybe doesn't know how. Yeah, it could be practice. Maybe it's only when he's like, like if he just would calm down and stop getting so excited, it would you know retract. <laughs> oh, uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Next time we see Dudley, he's just like whipping his tongue around, picking oh, things up. Right? <laughs> It'd be like a tail, except you could taste whatever it touches. <laughs> that, that sounds much worse than a tail. <laughs> anyway. Chapter five, Weasley's Wizard Wheezes. Um, yeah, Fred and George were looking for somebody to test their products on. So, so they had a know. party laugh about it. Hey, they almost killed that stupid muggle. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. Thank God it was only a muggle. Yeah. yeah. But we meet we meet the other Weasley brothers, Bill and Charlie, which makes me really happy. I know. I actually I actually <laughs> yeah. love Bill and Charlie. They're 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 like so cool, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I liked how was it Bill, the oldest one, who's like like cool, uh-huh. like he's wearing leather clothes. No wait, dragon skin clothes, and he's got one earring with you a know with you a, think with that's a awesome. sweet ass bang awesome. on it. Uh-huh. I'm totally down with it. Yeah, he's like. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he wrote it wrote it on a wizard chopper or something, right? And mm-hmm. all like they're all looking up to Bill. Yeah. And he works for the bank, right? Like, he's, he's like, yeah. well-employed, too. Yeah, I realize what he's supposed to be, I think. I think he's, like, um, like an investment banker. You know, yeah. he's somebody that's, like, wildly successful in banking. Like a hedge fund manager And or so something. he's, like, he probably does a lot of wizard cocaine. Oh, I actually thought he was, like, some kind of treasure hunter. Like, because he, he said something about bringing in the treasure, which now that you're saying it, Jeff, I guess could be interpreted either way. I think it's kind way. of the same thing, actually. Yeah. Like, that probably that is investment banking for wizards, is you go find treasure. That's a good point. Yeah. And then the other one is Charlie, who works with dragons in Romania. Right. He's got a bunch of burns. Yeah. Yeah, but he's still cool. You know, he's like kind of big and muscly and he's like, yeah, he works with dragons. So the two coolest Weasleys are the ones who are out of the house. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, Percy's technically out of the house, too. Now he's got his job, right? He, he's still living with them, though. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Percy has a new fancy job working at the ministry for a guy named Mr. Crouch. But he is still not cool. No, Sorry, he's Percy. not. He's still got a big old wizard stick up his butt. <laughs> I love that Fred and George... It's called a wand. <laughs> wizard stick, yeah. Yeah. I love that Fred and George are like... So this this toffee thing is not just a one-off. It's they're, They want to start this, like, business doing, like pranks and jokes yeah which it was perfect for them right Weasley's like wizard wheezes and I, and I you know they're talking about how they've been inventing all these things and it's like oh you know it's good for these guys mm-hmm. yeah it's super great. cool yeah it just sounds like a like a job they could actually do and also harry potter and ron would totally buy this crap if it was in a shop in whatever that's that town is named the pedophile town hogsmeade yeah <laughs> right the town of <laughs> the town where the children shouldn't go without a permission slip <laughs> yeah no they're actually like really smart guys and it looks like they found a, a an untapped market i mean if you can sell actually in the schools that's kind of brilliant yeah genius and, and i mean the, the weasleys really know how to throw a party too like they're they're like setting up tables they've got like a whole because they, their house is full now right like mm-hmm. the, full for the weasleys house even which is is a lot but they've got a nice little setup going here yeah they got have a big old fancy dinner out on the lawn have a good time 
I wish Harry Potter could live with these people all the time because this is a much better environment. Yeah, that, that, would, that would definitely be a better situation for him in a lot of ways. And it's funny, too. I love the little gnomes that are hanging out. Yeah, Crook Shanks is chasing around. They're just, like, laughing wildly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's pretty yeah, great. I like the fake wands. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're little Everybody trick wands. picking up the trick wands that just turn out to not be a wand. <laughs> like, God damn it. <laughs> turn into random shit. Um, okay, so, I, you know, when I had written this earlier, I was actually joking about it. But I do want to point out that... Uh, Mr. Weasley says, mm-hmm. I did him a bit of a favor. His brother Otto got into a spot of trouble, a lawnmower with unnatural powers. I smoothed the whole thing over. So he literally got Ludo Bagman's... Who's the head of the Department of Magical Games and Sports. Brother mm-hmm. off of a crime for these tickets. So he could get yep. these tickets. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, Weasley Crime Syndicate, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And uh, reading closely, we hear a name, again, that we've heard before. They reference Bertha Jorkins. That's right. Who, she's, yeah. She's, so she's the one that uh, we know that Voldemort kills. Yeah, after Wormtail kidnapped her. But she's she's actually working for the... for She was on Ludo Bagman's department, right? No, she... I Wait, was it? Or was it Mr. Crouch's... Oh, you're right. Yeah, she worked for Ludo Bagman's department. You're right. Yeah. I think, I think they, she used to work for Mr. Crouch, but... Um, yeah. But yeah. Now yeah. She worked for... But anyway, she went on vacation on Albania and never came back. Because mm-hmm. she got murdered by Voldemort, baby. Yes. Speaking of, Harry Potter makes the executive decision to keep the whole Voldemort scar thing to himself. He's yeah. like, no, I'm just not talking about I really about should it. mention that to like his best friend... And or the smartest person he knows, Hermione. And just, or adults who have been in the magic world for forever. Absolutely, yeah. yeah but I mean, no. No, no. He's like, no, I keep it to Even myself. just a little something like, is it normal for magical scars that were created by the last wish of the person who loved you purely to just hurt sometimes? Just yeah. hypothetically. hypothetically. <laughs> Asking for a friend. <laughs> and maybe sometimes also to trigger like weird dreams about the right, yeah. evil wizard who like, was had, killed yeah. trying, yeah, <laughs> trying to kill you. I had a very specific dream about Voldemort still being alive and talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Hypothetically. Hypothetically. <laughs> but I, no, keeps it to himself. Yeah. No. I don't know, because like he, the most formative years of his life, he didn't have anybody to talk to, so he's just used to it. Um, but we get some talk about the World Cup coming up. It's going to be Bulgaria and Ireland. So they leave for the World Cup, and they are traveling by port key. We also find out, I don't, did we already know that wizards can just straight up teleport? Like, I mean, I, we knew that Dumbledore did stuff like that, but apparently it's what called apparating. Is this the first yeah. time we've heard of this? Um, I think it might be because they can't, it's not possible to apparate at Hogwarts. So it Harry never had never yeah, seen it before, that I guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because I think Harry is the first time he's hearing about it. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's sort of the equivalent of driving a car-ish, like... You can, you, you have to get a license you, for it. And, and you have to be a certain age before they give you a license. Yeah. Because uh, it's dangerous. Also, if you do it wrong, you might accidentally lose body parts. Yes. Cool. Which, which apparently happens. I got to say, if I could have literally any magic power in the world, it would be to be able to operate. Mm. That would be amazing. It'd be pretty useful. Though we don't know like the limitations. Can you literally teleport across the world immediately? I mean, it's kind of a lame power to have if you can, right? If you teleport to the other side of the world, are you upside down? Yeah, you would be. <laughs> I would. I'd, I don't know. I would just eat position, in, right? I would eat in different places all the time. That's I would, would be do? like five hundred pounds. Yeah, if I could operate, I'd be mm. like, oh, I'm gonna go and, have breakfast. And you in wouldn't be walking France. anywhere either. Yeah, see? <laughs> you wouldn't have to walk. Exactly, <laughs> operate everywhere. Yep, I'm eating croissants every single morning. Mm. 
Yeah, it'd be great. Like French people do. We all know how fat they are. <laughs> well, I would also smoke a lot like the French, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's super cool. out, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and we also, we well, we've already met Cedric Diggory. He's one of the Hufflepuff players. He's a Hufflepuff seeker who played against Harry last year. Um, and he's supposed to be really handsome and really nice. And we meet his dad, who's kind of a jerk. Yeah, I know, right? Cedric seems okay, but like Amos is like kind of a dick. Yeah. And if we want to talk about amazing town names, this is the village out, outside of which the Weasleys live is Ottery St. Catchpole. <laughs> that's a great name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Ottery St. Catchpole. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. There are other, I looked it up. There are other places in England that have Ottery something in them because otters are indigenous to England. Which I did not know. Uh-huh. So it literally means like it's got a bunch of otters in it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's St. Catchpole and then the ottery side of it where there's a bunch of otters. <laughs> yeah. So there are going to be 100,000 wizards at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That, in my estimation, that's about 10 times as many wizards as I thought there were in the entire world. I had the exact same thought. I was like, I vastly underestimated the number of wizards that there are. Yeah. I, if there's So there's 100,000 at the Wizard World Cup. That's probably, what, not even half of them, right? Yeah, less than half, even though it's a really popular sport. Like, how many people go to the the Olympics or something? I guess that'd be like an equivalent. Or the the FIFA World Cup, right? uh, I guess, maybe, yeah. Maybe like a million people, but compared to how many people there are in the world, right, it's less than 1%. Yeah, so are there a billion wizards? I mean, are there... Yeah, right? Yeah, I wonder. How many freaking wizards are there? Are there as many wizards as there are uh, regos? Uh, (laughs) Regos. Muggles. Muggles. (laughs) I mean, I think because it, it's such an insular community, I imagine that a larger percentage of wizards go to the World Cup than like yeah. humans go to regular humans. Also, they can teleport. Yeah. That's so, a good but, point. So, how many wizards are there? We don't know, do we? I, I thought this was. I, I thought it was weird that ten thousand wizards could stay hidden, but more than a hundred thousand. Like, how did people not know about this? No, this is they, great. Though. They have a stadium, right? They they built a stadium here. Yeah, yeah they built a wizard stadium. I love it though because they they arrive at the campgrounds and they set up the tents and they're just kind of walking around and they get to see all these different wizards they see american wizards Mm -hmm. who are part of the salem witches club they see (laughs) african wizards they see a whole irish contingent yeah we went to chapter seven oh yes sorry that's right i got super excited that's right no no chapter seven bagman and crouch wow yeah, so they get there by wizard mass transportation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is these port keys, I guess, which are essentially like a, yeah. what, a wizard elevator? A piece of garbage that everybody <laughs> touches and it warps you to the right place. Yeah. It's like a wizard bus, I guess. Kind of. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah, they are. They're super cool. It's a great idea. They're like little teleportation beacons. And I adore this. I Yeah, this whole chapter just made me really happy because we get these great descriptions of the campgrounds and like... The tents are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> they open up the tents and it's like an apartment in there. Yeah, they operate like TARDIS rules, bigger on the inside kind of thing. That's so cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know. I, I kind of love it. Wizard camping is super plush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I if I would actually enjoy camping if I got to do like that. Mm-hmm. I also want to point I, out that there's like a muggle groundskeeper yeah. who's just like... I felt bad for this guy. I know. Yeah. I was like, oh no, this guy... This dude's brain is not going to be okay after mm-hmm. this. Like how many times... We, do we know that there's no side effects to being obliviated over and over yeah, and over? They, they that they they erased his memory eight times a day. Ten. Ten, <laughs> ten times, times a day. Ten it's times like, a day. That is not necessarily good for your brain. Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't it kind of like being knocked out? And he's not even I like, know. he's not even doing anything really bad. He's just like, man, those tents look pretty weird. And everybody who's coming here is dressed pretty funny. And they're like, <laughs> <laughs> The guy just like teleports they, in. They, they don't even try the cover story, right? <laughs> That's right. 
Like they're they're sitting there talking to the guy, and a wizard literally teleports in, zaps him, and then leaves. Yeah, why not just give him like a plane ticket to go somewhere else? <laughs> I, I wonder. It's like maybe we should just you know move out the muggles for the day. No, <laughs> right? no? no, we're just gonna just gonna wipe their memories over. Just like everybody again. punch this guy in the face when you come on in. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, yeah, I love this this wizard area. Like you said, it's I love these tents. I love all the different wizards. Yeah, no, it's it's fun because like they're they're. They're trying to be incognito, but they're really bad at it. I love all the wizards trying to dress as muggles in the descriptions of their outfits. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's one, yeah. the one guy who's wandering around in a, a nightgown, like, a, I guess, a women's nightgown. And they're like, and he's like, I got this at a muggle store. They're like, yeah, yeah. but, I yeah. mean. Yeah, but one of the organizers is, is wearing a kilt and a poncho. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I love it. Mm-hmm. And we even see little wizard, small wizard children, which we hadn't seen before. Yeah, little wizard baby babies. Oh, yeah, wizard babies who are not very good at keeping the magic on the DL. Yeah, I, lo- I love their little, like you, you mentioned, Alice, their, their tents with uh, like chimneys and like random, what do they say, they like little bell pe- poles. Uh huh, they had chain peacocks on the front line. <laughs> yeah. Some awesome. of them are like trying to do the, the thing where it looks like a muggle tent, and some of them are just these really elaborate. There's just, one with turrets. I just realized this is like Burning Man. <laughs> it kind of is, right? 100,000 people in like. Elaborate weird tents. Right, and, the, and all, they're all trying to use to show off their creativity. Yeah, they're burners. And they also, they, they want to leave no trace when they're gone. Do they, I wonder if they do a good job. I think it's just magic it away or something, yeah, That's right? a good point. It's probably really easy. Yeah. Or maybe this guy, they leave the field destroyed and this guy's property is destroyed and it just erases mine ten times a day for the rest of his life. <laughs> what, hap- what happened to my, what happened to all my land? Pop. <laughs> <laughs> And they also, they mentioned that there, there are people there that are Harry's age, and they're from other wizard schools. Which Harry hadn't assumed that there were. Right, yeah. Because yeah. he hadn't thought about it. I, I hadn't thought about it. I didn't think there were this many wizards. Mm-hmm. But, okay, do those other wizard schools have their own dark lords and their own, like, chosen one? Perhaps. I don't think so, because I think that the Bulgarian prime minister knows who Harry Potter is. So I believe that Voldemort was like an existential threat to all well, worldwide wizards. Well, he might just know the local celebrity because it's kind of, you know, he's visiting. It's his job. That's a good point. But I, I wonder if there's so much drama around Hogwarts. Is there that much drama in these other schools? Mm. Do they occasionally have, you know, ancient monsters wake up in their basement and start killing people? I assume that's just baseline for any wizard school. <laughs> I wouldn't assume that's like Hogwarts specific. But still, I think Voldemort was like a world-ending threat, not just like a London-ending threat. Or at least Euro- a European threat. Yeah, it might be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we meet Ludo Bagman. Yes, we finally get to meet Ludo Bagman. He's great. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's, he's really funny. cool. Yeah. He's extremely corrupt. Yes. Completely, highly, uh-huh. oh, yeah. 100% Gambling. corrupt. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's running a bookie. <laughs> yeah, he's literally <laughs> taking bets on the sports event that he's hosting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and th- that's Taking right. money from teenagers. Oh, that's true, he was, yeah. School children, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Though, Fred and George make a really oddly specific wager, uh-huh. and that's not even a little bit suspicious, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, we're betting every penny we have on this really weird yeah. outcome, and Ludo Bagman's not like, huh. Yeah, you are, are you? <laughs> are you now? <laughs> They're wizards. I mean, come on. There's something <laughs> it's true. Here, right? They are wizards. And these particular wizards... Uh, are not really color inside the lines type of wizards. <laughs> no, they are not. But uh, yeah, I thought, and this is, so this is the guy that Arthur Weasley did a friend, did it like a favor for to get these tickets. That's right, his brother, so he got is, him off a crime. So this is part of his like crime network. 
right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Like his corrupt government official network. Yeah. I mean, like he's... Of graft. He's got a guy at the top of the Magic Games and... Whatever games and... What's it? Right. Games magical and, Games and Sports. Thinking Magical Games and Sports. And he's got a guy in the the uh, regulation of the flu network so he can move stuff around. He's got a guy everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. He's a real fixer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. And they borrowed the car last year, right? To get They to borrowed him. a ministry car, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think just anyone can do that? Probably not. No, probably that's, not. Yeah, for the, the, the way wizards treat cars, that's kind of like borrowing a space shuttle. <laughs> <laughs> just for the day, you know? Yeah. Uh, All right. Speaking of the ministry, there, there's it's kind of a, a little throwaway thing because it's just like in passing. But I actually love this little cliff notes that they give you about like the different, um, the different like ministry offices or whatever. There's Cuthbert Mockridge, head of the Goblin Liaison Office. <laughs> Gilbert, Gilbert Wimple, he's with the Committee on Experimental Charms. He's got horns because you know experimental <laughs> charms. Yeah, sure. Uh, Arne, Arnold Peasgood, he's an obliviator, which is someone who goes around in the acts of the magic reversal squad. You know. Wiping memories. Right, yeah, that's very secret police. And like. Bode and Croker, who are unspeakables, which is from the Department of Mysteries, a top <laughs> yeah. secret group. It's like, oh, this is all kind of fun. This yeah, is like, like a, a little like a little slice of, of the ministry, which is kind of fun. It's fun seeing the bureaucracy. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. All these like interesting layers. Yeah, we learn about um, flying flying carpets. Oh, I know. How, yeah. I thought that was great. They were yeah. talking about like, what is it? The, the They think it's a niche for like a family vehicle. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's, yeah, that's right. Pretty clever. Um, yeah, but Ludo Bagman then gets to commentate the no. entire mm-hmm. thing. So there's 100,000 people in the stadium listening to him while he tells everybody what's happening. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, at least he's not officiating it. I know, right? He's not, he, at least he's not the referee. Yeah, <laughs> but he is conveniently located in the super plush, like top seats area. That yeah. he's this is what I wanted to himself. mention. Like you're getting some tickets as a favor. Like Arthur Weasley's getting these tickets as a favor. Okay, you get some like crowd tickets. You sit in the seats, right? What's that worth? A hundred bucks, a few hundred bucks. That's a nice favor. These are hundred thousand dollar seats. Oh yeah, like, these is like the best box. Like not even a box. It's the best box. Mm-hmm. And they're sitting with like. The Minister of Magic and the Minister of Magic of Bulgaria. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And, and like, not one seat. They got 11 seats for it. Because he's got his whole family in there. Yeah, like, this This guy is connected. This no guy's got serious juice. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Bagman alludes to something secret happening at Hogwarts, which at this point could be anything, right? More evil wizards, maybe, like, a giant acid monster that they're keeping in the common areas. I don't know, you know? It's got to yeah. be a Quidditch thing, right? Uh, we notice that <clears throat> Harry has another opportunity to flash his his gold. You know, it's like oh, oh there, there's the omni omni oculars. Um, yeah, and they're they're ten galleons, which I think is pretty expensive. It's like a hundred yeah. bucks, maybe two hundred bucks. Well, they rewind time. It's kind of like a like a digital camera. No, I mean they're they're, they're very fancy, they're but he buys he buys three sets of them. He's just like mm-hmm. nah, give him one for everyone. You I know? mean, Harry's loaded. When he's at school, it's not like there's anywhere to spend money. That's a good point. Yeah. I guess now he's free room and board. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's he got to spend his money on? Mm-hmm. School supplies and yeah. sweet gadgets. Yep. Mm-hmm. Chapter eight: The Quidditch World Cup. So, Jeff, what did you think of the Quidditch World Cup? I really liked this. All this right. was fun. Mm-hmm. I thought that this whole the way it was written was cool with all these different like like the sports going on. The sport is still dumb, but the <laughs> but the I like the way they have these magical these magical mascots that come on mm-hmm. and uh, put on a show before the game, but the mascots are like, you know, they're magical creatures, so they're extremely dangerous and wild. <laughs> and like the, they, they have the, what are they called? The Nisas? V- the Vilas. The, the Vilas, who apparently enrapture men and make them do strange suicidal things. And they just go out and do a dance and all the men in the stands start like 
committing suicide. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, hopefully trying to, not. Trying to impress the the thing by doing something death defying or just death making. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and and they're all just like, yeah, well, it's wizard stuff. You know, that's what they do. And then the then the the leprechauns win over the crowd from Ireland by scattering gold all over them. Mm-hmm. And I liked how the the game went. It was pretty well told, and also the chaos of the mascots kind of getting in a fight too, and the the referee's inability to keep control of it. It was all funny. <laughs> it's interesting to me that there's only one referee for such a big game. Yeah, right. That's true. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and I I guess it's not just a big game; it's a complex game, right? Like the only thing that matters in the end, in most cases, is a snitch. But like, mm-hmm. there's what? Uh, how many um, quaffles are there? Two? Two. Two. So there's potentially three different scoring balls that you have to watch yeah. while you're watching all these other balls that are... Yeah, so there's, there's several different points of focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Even soccer, which just has one ball, has a on-field referee and two line judges, something like that, yeah. on either side. Yeah. But, you know, also, I think there aren't very many rules in Quidditch. It's fairly simple. I like, I don't think there's boundary rules, for instance. I think they can just yeah. fly wherever they want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Into the stands, you know? Spe- you know, we were talking about before about the wizard... Stands and I think Alice, you mentioned this. There's a house elf there who's, mm-hmm. I guess, Barty Crouch's house elf. Yeah, Winky. Winky, but she's a, a slavery apologist, I guess. She's, you know. Yep. She's into it. Yeah. yeah. She's like poor Dobby. He's off being free. Ideas above his station. Mm-hmm. He wants to get paid for his work. <laughs> Which is yeah. not what a house elf should have, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I also I want would to point pay out a house elf. They- they can do anything, right? House they're, elves they're does basically little demigods. Told. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also want to point out that Harry uh, first sees Winky and is like, "Oh, you're Dobby," <laughs> <laughs> because all house elves look the same to him. Wow. <laughs> He's only seen one house elf ever. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So they're just every house elf is Dobby. Is that the idea? Uh, they all look alike. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Uh huh. But also, so, well, Dobby's not a house elf anymore, though, right? No, well, he's still a house elf, but he's a freed house elf. Does that just make him an elf? That's I a good question. Just an elf. Mm. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. We don't hear about any other kinds of elves. His name is now. His name is Dobby Free Elf. <laughs> I suppose so. <laughs> wow. Uh, <clears throat> but you know who else is in the stands? In addition to the prime minister of both, what is it? Just the, the minister Bulgarian of magic. prime minister and yes. yeah, the minister of magic. Yeah, you know who else is there? Oh yeah, Lucius Malfoy. Yeah, you know how they got there. Mm. Donating uh, a large amount of money to a hospital, so mm-hmm. more pay-to-play politics. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they didn't pay for those tickets. Nope, Mm-mm. they just made a sizable donation that got them into the cash box. Yeah, and I bet that hospital just happens to be owned by the brother of the Ministry of Magic or something like that. It sure wouldn't. It sure would fit with our theme, wouldn't it? <laughs> but yeah, uh, the game is, I guess, abruptly ended because Crumb can't do math. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if I bought the explanation here, which is just that he knew they were going to lose and he wanted to lose on his own terms. Like, there's still, there's always hope, right? It seems like, like, in, it, Quidditch is a game that can literally go forever, right? There's no rule, on, that's, yeah. there's no rule ending it. So yeah. the, the strategic play would be just to always be watching the snitch and guarding it, right? Like, he needs to guard the snitch until his team pulls, pulls through. Right, but he also had his nose smashed and there's blood streaming all over his face. So he may have been thinking, like, this isn't good for my health. You know, he's a wizard. Like, they could fix that. Yeah. If this works like uh, like FIFA does, he actually makes money playing for a professional team. Mm-hmm. When he plays for his national team, he doesn't make nearly as much money. Oh. Wow. It's sort of an honor and prestige thing. Oh. Interesting. So he doesn't want to get hurt doing this. So he doesn't actually care if they win this one right. as much. Mm. Interesting. If it works like FIFA. Yep. And so the Weasley twins 
bet works out really well for them that Crumb is going to get the snitch, but Bulgaria will still lose. The, which yeah. is, which if we understand Quidditch is a very unlikely outcome, because first of all... It's never happened before yeah, in these books. Right. It's a huge amount of points to have to, a huge amount of point lead to have to get in the first place. And second of all, the seeker would have to intentionally lose, which is what Crumb did. So this outcome oh, is that's like right. yeah. this crumb is this sorry this outcome is outcome <laughs> this, this outcome exactly <laughs> is tremendously unlikely and yet it is what okay, happened. Okay, so the fix has got to be in right, and the Weasleys knew about it. That's the probably re- via their father. Oh yeah, right. He's right. like, boys, take this money and put it on crumb to get the snitch because he makes lives. a bet, but it's just like what like a, 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 a nominal bet. It's like oh, I put a galleon on the game. Yeah, it's the real money. Going through his his mule sons, <laughs> the right. Weasley crime syndicate man. <laughs> Wonder what they're going to do with all that money. Ireland wins, but it, yeah, this this chapter and was the, a lot of fun the, uh, for sure. The leprechauns were really happy, but the Vilas were really sad. Mm-hmm. That's true. And the Vilas, in addition to being, I loved, I just loved how they turned loose those Vilas on the crowd, and all, <laughs> all the men are just just going to their death. And all the women are like, come on, <laughs> what are you doing? And, then and, the, like, and the referee has to cover his ears. Yeah, because at one point the Vila's like, influence the referee. I was like, oh, that's brilliant, right? Yeah, I know, right? And that's not, that's not a penalty or anything. It's just, oh, crap, that sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just how it goes down in wizard fights. That's right. You got to watch out for the, the magic creatures. Stick their fingers in the ears and kick each other. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Yeah, but this was a great chapter. I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of a lot of fun action and and interesting magic stuff happening it was it was a really well-described quidditch match mm-hmm. agreed yeah mm-hmm. i would say this for me achieved the tone that the previous quidditch games in this this series have tried for but failed i get that I but think, i mean high school sports really... are always lame <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this week's episode next week we are going to be reading chapters 9 through 14 of harry potter and the goblet of fire I'm Alice Sullivan. You can reach me on Twitter at, at Alice M. Sullivan, or you can see all the things I bake and some pictures of us on my Instagram, which is Blue Bonnet Cafe. I am Jeff Lake. That's at Jeff underscore Lake. I'm Micah Sparkman. I don't have any of those things. <laughs> <laughs> if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at mwapodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please uh, give us re- good reviews on wherever you got this. Please share us with people who you think will like us. If you're interested in the Wheel of Time series of novels by Robert Jordan, you can check out our other podcast, The Dragon Reread. Please check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash armadillo podcasting club. Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, Finite Finite Podcast. Podcast.